me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jack. I don't care if I never get back. Let me root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. For it's one, two, three strikes. You're out at the old ball game. Slowpitch, a podcast that takes sports movies too seriously, or perhaps not seriously enough. We're your hosts. Every day I pray to God to give me a horse, a wonderful horse. <laughs> Sean Williams. <laughs> yeah, I'm Sean. And Brad Etherly. I'm all lighted up. <laughs> you guys consider watching sports movies a type of aerobic exercise. Today's episode is a review of the 1944 classic National Velvet. Have you ever heard of this movie? I had never. Surprisingly, I had never heard of it, but until until we watched it. But you know, it obviously has won a lot of awards. I think it had maybe won an Academy Award or was nominated for cinematography. Obviously, yeah, it was nominated for best director too, which we'll get to uh, the director in a little bit. But yeah, I had I had never heard of this movie. When I envisioned this podcast as a as something out in the ether, I did not expect to be like looking at 1944's National Velvet. It was more <laughs> major league, the natural, you know, yeah. stuff like that. But the reason I ended up putting this, first of all, I, I didn't know if it was horse racing or what it ends up being more kind of like a a mix between equestrian and horse racing. And, but I, uh, I put it on the list because I kept seeing it kind of like in, in, uh, in researching sports movies to put in the list, it was kind of, it kept being put at the top of, of a couple uh, of lists there. It's number nine in the AFI's top 10 sports movies. Really? Yeah. So, the only other one we've done in that list is Rocky, which comes in at number two. So yeah, it's a it's kind of a a, a lauded uh, sports movie that, <laughs> like you said, all the top actor, all the top athletes of their time: Mickey Rooney, Angela <laughs> yeah. Lansbury, and Elizabeth, a twelve-year-old Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the the training that had to go in for this movie. <laughs> Um, um, yeah, the funny thing about this movie is Mick, uh, Mickey Rooney is, did I just call him Andy Rooney? I, I hope I did. Um, but I'd like to be able to sing like Sinatra. Uh, Mickey Rooney is 24 years old in this movie and Elizabeth Taylor is, is all of 12, which really surprises me because my son is only 10 and he is light years behind what Elizabeth Taylor could do. Like, that was impressive for a 12-year-old. But at, at many points, they're standing next to each other. And Elizabeth Taylor is just a couple of inches shorter than him. <laughs> I know. I, I gave it a Google. He's 5'2". Yeah. He's 5'2". Five five <laughs> Here's yeah. the thing about Mickey Why wasn't he the jockey? Yeah. yeah, well, I guess he was, right? That's the whole story. Yeah. But. But anyway, no, the thing about Mickey Rooney that amazes me is that he kind of became a joke in the 80s, <laughs> I think. But he was probably one of the most talented actors of his time. I mean, he, he could 
drum, he could act, he could sing, he could dance, he could do all that stuff. He was funny, um, all that stuff. His drunk scene was really was really good in, in, in this movie. So yeah, it's uh it's I I thought it was fun to watch him in this movie. I will say this, I, I got about an hour in before I realized who Angela Lansbury was. I forgot, I mean I knew at the beginning of the movie to look for her and then it was like an hour and I was like, wait, where is Angela Lansbury? And wait, she's you didn't, older you didn't recognize her? Well, I just wasn't, I wasn't looking. It was like, I was going to look and then I forgot. And then I was like, were I wasn't assuming, paying attention. Were you assuming you would see a 75 year old murder? Cause I was like, as I was watching this movie, I was like, okay, look, let's go back in time. Did you just, everyone just hear Brad, uh, gulp his Gatorade. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> <laughs> All right. I want to go back in time. We are single and in college. And let's just imagine that Angela Lansbury is a student at our school. We have crushes on 70, like 75 year old. <laughs> no, 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 no. National velvet era. Angela Lansbury. I think we have massive crushes on her, especially if she has the hairstyle and the, accent going on yeah no i've seen her in some other uh old movies and and she's she's kind of a hottie you know i think we're prank i think we're prank calling her (laughs) and just to hear you know the british accent i couldn't deny it i couldn't deny it when i saw angie lansbury in this this movie yeah no she was yeah she was cute and uh you can definitely see it's funny though because Elizabeth Taylor is 12 years old in this, in this movie. And she kind of, it's like in certain scenes, you can see the beauty that she's going to become, but then in other areas, it's like she, um, she's just this goofy, gangly little girl (laughs) and you can't, it's just kind of, uh, it's not as evident in some scenes. Yeah. I was kind of like, I was sort of sad watching her in some ways because, you know, we're watching this knowing, everything that transpired in her life. And, you know, like by the time the nineties rolled around, she was sort of the subject of fat jokes and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but both like she and Andy Rooney were both married eight times. Something I've been meaning to talk to you about for a long time now is faucets. Mickey Uh, Rooney. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. I don't know how many times Andy Rooney was, (laughs) that's going to be a problem throughout this entire podcast. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Mickey Rooney and Elizabeth Taylor, you know, they were never married to each other, but they were both married uh, eight times. Eight Elizabeth times. Taylor, to, Elizabeth Taylor to seven different people because she married Richard, uh, Burton. Richard Burton twice. But uh, <laughs> almost did it again. Uh, Mickey Rooney's longest marriage was eight years. That is insane. <laughs> I know he had like three different one or two year marriages. So, okay. so I've got that? another, I've got Is another it because he's five two? Are they, are they, are they divorcing him because he's only five two? If that's the case, that's not fair. Who knows, man. But okay. Here's another marriage stat that regards this, uh, this cast, Elizabeth Taylor. There was a extra in the horse racing scene who was a producer of movies, I guess. And, 13 years later, 
Elizabeth Taylor married him. This was her third marriage. She was 25. <laughs> oh my goodness. I think I did read where her first marriage was came when she was 18. And you know what? You know what else I learned on this movie, which I, I'm a little bit embarrassed that I didn't know before this, that she is British. I think I just always thought she was American because. Well, I, yeah. I think I, I only she, knew her to live in Los Angeles. Or, yeah. Or she was, was friends she, was with she, Michael Jackson. So she's married. Yeah. yeah. Was she born in, in England? Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Interesting. Well, I noticed that um, her English accent wasn't ex- exactly the strongest. So I think she spent some time in, in the States by this point, is my, my guess. But also, there were other characters whose English accent weren't exactly shining was Mickey, through. Was Mickey Rooney supposed to be British because he was not I, trying I at all? <laughs> sounded like he was from Brooklyn. Also, Elizabeth Taylor's mom. Uh, her name in the movie is Velvet. And Okay, what's up with the names in this movie, first of all? Okay. <laughs> Let's go through. Mickey Rooney, Mickey Rooney is my Taylor. M I. <laughs> Elizabeth Taylor is Velvet Brown. Angela Lansbury might have the most normal one at Edwina Brown, and then their <laughs> other sister is Malvolia. <laughs> is Velvet strange. Brown? Is Velvet Brown? Is that the Tim Meadows? Ladies' man character on SNL <laughs> sounds like that would, that'd be his actual name. <laughs> Pretty sure I had a Velvet Brown earlier today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so what were we talking about before we went off on that? Uh, we're talking about their names. It was like my and. <laughs> The horse's name was The Pie. (laughs) The Pie. There's only one pie, and it's this horse. (laughs) Yeah, just weird names. I guess, I don't know, maybe England in the 1920s had a a lot of velvets running around. But but yeah, the the whole premise of the story is you've got this uh, fairly well-to-do family in some small town in england and elizabeth taylor are they are are, are they well to do well they seem to be they've got a pretty nice house and but but those three uh, sisters have to sleep in the same bedroom i think that that was pretty common in the 20s i don't know i I feel like if you're i think if you're yeah i think (laughs) this is like the roaring 20s man you know this is like great gatsby era yeah i'm not saying they're great great gatsby you know types type well off but for this little for this little village, he's like the local meat butcher. <laughs> yeah, he's the, yeah, he's the local meat butcher. That is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. We'll say we'll say they're well well to do. Uh, but anyway, yeah, they're they're. Uh, listen, I wouldn't mind having that. They've got a stable and a horse, a horse and a cart, and regardless, they are this very amiable family that you know sits around the dinner table just you know yucking yucking it up between each other uh elizabeth taylor who i guess is she like the youngest sister yeah there's angela lansbury and then there's the one that looks like what's her name brie 
Allison Brie, and then uh-huh. and then there's Elizabeth yeah. Taylor. And so Elizabeth Taylor meets uh, Mickey Rooney, uh, who is a drifter on the side of the road. Yeah, a five foot two drifter. Yeah, um, and making all, his, making all his way off. through life. Yeah, and uh, yeah, well-to-do families they they often do take in drifters uh, <laughs> in the twenties at least. But, but she meets him right by this farm where there's a uh, this horse that has kind of gotten gotten loose and. And she's fallen in love with this this horse called the Pie, and anyway, she 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 ends up getting the horse through some sort of raffle, but uh, but really, I, you know, I don't really want to to go through every beat of this of this well, movie. Let me ask you this: I okay, I, I understand that this movie came out in 1944. I understand that there was a different style of acting back then. Elizabeth Taylor, 12-year-old Elizabeth Taylor, takes the I'm a little girl who loves horses up to 12. And yes. that's kind of <laughs> like that's kind of what I was making fun of at the very beginning. <laughs> I mean, she, really this family should be getting her some counseling about <laughs> how much she loves horses and how much she's constantly talking about like like she's always looking off into the distance and saying how smitten she is with horses <laughs> and I'm, you know, I'm just saying a little, a little therapy would probably help that out. Some. <laughs> so I knew a girl and um, she went to school with me in junior high who had this fascination with horses. I mean, she had pictures of horses on her, on her books and, and binders. And she just was always talking about horses. And this reminded me of her. I never, <laughs> One thing I was wondering as I was as I was watching this movie, I've known you for twenty five plus years. I don't know. Have you ever ridden a horse? I have. You have. Yeah. I um, I would have suspected that you had not. <laughs> Why do you say that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've ridden I've ridden one a few times, um, but not. Not recently. I did not ride one when we were in college together. I wasn't like, all right, I'm going to go to class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I kind of grew up riding horses because my stepmother had a couple and we would, we would get on there bareback and just start riding. Um, but I never really liked them. I've never really just been one of those people who just fawn over horses. I don't, I mean, they're beautiful um, creatures, yes, but yeah, I mean, yeah. So, yeah, my my grandparents they lived on a farm. This is in Kansas, and you know, I was probably nine ish, and one of the neighboring farms had some horses, brought them over. I feel like maybe in today's world, an adult would not just throw a nine year old on a horse and be like, <laughs> "Go." That's kind of what happened then. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I was, hev- I'm sure I was heavily supervised. It wasn't like I was just off in the fields, but yeah, there is a picture of me in my parents' home. I'm wearing a cowboy hat and a members only jacket and I'm on <laughs> top of a horse. That's great. Yeah. Uh, in fact, living in Montana, our next door neighbors are two horses. They, they roam this field right next to our house and Holly and Jasmine and, and Eva is in love with him. And my wife, I don't know, maybe six months or so ago, she was like, I really wouldn't mind like living out 
in the county where we could have some horses. And I was like, what do you want horses for? And she was like, they're, they're amazing animals. And I, she was like, don't you, <laughs> don't you think that they're amazing animals? And I was like, I don't care about they horses. They also take <laughs> amazing sized dumps that will probably have to be tended to somehow. I've seen this happen. I told her, I was like, I don't care about horses. And she, it was as if I had slapped her in the face. She couldn't <laughs> believe it. I was like, I don't, I don't care about horses, but, uh, but yeah. So. I think, I think if you had pulled an Elizabeth Taylor and stared off into the distance <laughs> and started <laughs> rhapsodizing about your love for horses, that probably would have cured her pretty quickly. She'd be like, okay, yeah, never mind. This is getting weird. <laughs> that imitation of 12 year old Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> Was as good as your Jackie Mason, I swear. Oh, wow. Uh, Thank you. So good. So good. This movie, I kept thinking about another movie like the Christmas movie with Jimmy Stewart. Oh, It's a Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful Life. And just how movies that were were produced back in the the mid-40s, they just seem to have, they're a little bit hokey. They're a little bit kind of... They they don't they lack the panache that like uh, big movies have now, but there's just this this quiet charm to them that they have. They're just feel good movies. I, I mean, it's I, I kept watching this movie and it's not exactly a a subject that I would be interested in, but I couldn't help but just enjoy this movie the whole the whole way through. Well, I think I know what you're talking about. Like the second the credits started to roll on this and you kind of hear the 1940s classical music score and then you have the kids in the classroom and they're singing some <laughs> song and they come skipping out of the classroom. And of course, every kid is wearing like uh, either a, a dress or some sort of like, you know, formal, like they're not wearing Spider-Man t-shirts. They're wearing like <laughs> some sort of formal uh, garb, like you know, little boys in bow ties and the girls are wearing like these plaid dresses and the background. This is what I love about movies in the forties, especially the ones that are in color. The background is clearly a painted set and matte matte paintings all the way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And they make it look like they are like out in the country, but really they're 10 feet from (laughs) just a big psych wall. And I'm, I'm here for it. I love it. You know, I'll I'll take that over CGI any day. I'm pretty sure. Any day. Yeah, there's something there's something that just uh, that kind of gives you a, a warm feeling when you see that. And I, you brought up it's wonderful life. What, what do we know about movies being in color? Because, like, why wasn't every movie in color? Was it just super expensive? Because I know that like Gone with the Wind came out. I don't know, seven years before this or something like that. Yeah, and. It was in color. Um, and then It's a Wonderful Life is two years or three years after this. And it's in black and white. Because like I know, you know, you, there was sort of an era of television where everything just went to color. Like it wasn't like there was a show that was on in 1971 that was still in black and white. It's kind of like, you know, you can, you know, the shows. It was like I Dream of Jeannie and Bewitched and Gilligan's Island, like they all kind of started in black and white. And then by the time you get to season three of any of those shows, or, you know, I think the Beverly Hillbillies was the same way. Like it's, it's then in color movies. It seemed to be take, take a while to, 
just to where a movie yeah. just automatically came out in color unless it was like a fancy art film or something. Yeah, it seems to be kind of a random selection of, of what's in color. I, I, I do think that color movies were a lot more expensive. And ironically, now to do a black and white movie, I think is a lot more expensive. It's funny because you were talking about TV and color and black and white. And up until probably, I don't know, 1985, I only saw things in black and white because we still had a black and white television. So, like, <laughs> I, was, I was watching Three's Company in black and white, you know. <laughs> Why I was watching Black Series <laughs> Company in 1985, I'm not really. I'm sure, now starting uh, to. I'm now starting to understand why you think uh, Velvet's family is so well off. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but I was surprised to see it in color. I thought that I had every like uh, still photo that I had seen of it. I thought was in was in black and white. So when it came out in in color, I was kind of surprised. Okay, speaking of uh, Mickey Rooney horse racing movies, is Black Stallion on our list? Currently, it's not. I have I have not put it on there yet, and I've 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 questioned whether I should. I just recently rewatched it. I I was always kind of scared of it as a kid. It's <laughs> <That's> horrifying. <laughs> yeah, but I rewatched it, and it's a really good movie. Yeah, Terry so Gomez in it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's no Angela Lansbury, but yeah, sure. So yeah, Black Stallion, Mickey Rooney. We'll, we'll probably put that one on there too. The director, you've got a UT hat on. Did you see that he was a UT ball? No, I didn't know that. So the director, Clarence Brown is a UT graduate from 1909, uh, wow. graduated from, from, Tennessee in uh, 19 and there's a huge theater that is in his name on campus, uh, like the main theater, I guess. I mean, he was nominated for six Academy Awards uh, for best director, including this movie. But yeah, he left a large sum of money to the, to the university. So grew up in Knoxville high. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Well, you know, the, did this movie come out before Ben Hur came out? Well, there were two Ben Hurs. There was one that was like in the twenties, and then I think there was one in the fifties. Okay, well, I'm I'm talking about the one in the fifties because that with one, like Kirk Douglas. yeah, with Kirk Douglas, because that one gets a lot of run for you know great action scenes for the time. You know these chariot battles or races mm-hmm. or whatever's going on, and. You know, you can see a little bit of you know, that kind of s- cinematic philo- uh, philosophy going on here. I, I don't know how common it was in the 40s to kind of be up on the action like that. Like, you know, we're, we're sort of looking back to 1944 with a 2021 lens. Like, you know, when we watch an NFL game, like we essentially break the huddle with the team. I mean, because there's a camera right there. Like we, you know, we see everything, but you know, like in 1944 to, you know, with no, you know, you don't have a drone, you don't have anything like that. Somebody's I'm assuming in a car going alongside this horse or like some sort of Jeep or whatever and capturing that. And a lot of times we're seeing this horse or Elizabeth Taylor riding this horse, 
you know, on the ocean side or it's with, you know, beautiful scenery in the background. And, you know, that's, uh, that's not, not easy to do, especially when, you know, who knows what, you know, you're, you're shooting, not shooting on a digital camera, you're shooting on a, you're using film, film. real, real, yeah. real film. And so to, to capture that's got to be amazingly tough. Yeah. I don't know if they had the, uh, the tracking shots, you know, that you might have now with the, where they basically put down like a small railroad, yeah. you know, and, and have a cart oh, on it. Like or a dolly. Like that. Yeah. But, but yeah, it was, it was really impressive. I was, I was really impressed. Of course it took an hour and a half of a two hour movie to get to the sports part of it. Except <laughs> for there was a, a short training montage uh, may <laughs> yeah. have, may have been the first training montage ever <laughs> in cinematic history, but, uh, but no, it was, uh, it took an hour and a half to get to the sports part. I was, I was a little worried. It ended up, I think being okay for a sports movie, especially since the AFI considers <laughs> yeah, it one of the it, top ones. <laughs> what if it ended up being a, like a horse beauty contest or something? <laughs> <laughs> I want to back up real quick. Like there was a, there's a few things that happened where I, where I was like a little confused because like they happen so quickly at some point the horse gets polio or something or COVID or like, I'm like, like everyone's, I was like, why is everyone so worried about this horse? And then all of a sudden the horse stands up and they're like, it's cured. The horse is cured. It was, was like, Abrupt. Like it was like she came home from school one day and Mickey Rooney was just like in the room and he was like velvet and she looked at him and she goes, The pie? <laughs> and, yeah. like, and he goes with a solemn face, he shakes his head yes. And next thing we know, they're spending like a week with him, you know, in the stall, mending him back to health. Yeah. And and the parents are like uh, lounging in the in the living room, it was a weird, weird scene. I, I guess, I, I guess that could have been cut. Yeah, I was about to say that that uh, this movie, this movie probably is you know by twenty twenty one standards, twenty minutes too fat, and um, yeah, that whole thing because I was like, what what's happening? And then all of a sudden, it was just over. Like the horse, they they took the blanket off the horse. The horse stands up. And without bringing in a veterinarian or anything, they just they just declare this horse like, "Hey, let's go, let's go race this horse." It's clearly perfect. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, yeah, that was not explained very well. Was there another <laughs> one? You said you had a couple of moments where you were confused. Well, I, I texted you about. Uh, well, first off, <laughs> let me. I, I love I love people. I love smoking in movies. Um, I'm not, I'm not advocating for smoking in real life. I'm just saying I love it in movies. I love seeing it. I love the fact that this father of three lovely young ladies walks into their bedroom that they all share this cramped bedroom, and he's just blatantly smoking a pipe right in <laughs> right in their bedroom. He doesn't care, and neither does Child Protective Services. Nobody cares. <laughs> And then at one point, uh, the Allison Brie, I'm calling her Allison Brie cause she looked like Allison Brie. Um, even though Allison Brie wouldn't be born for another 40 years or something, but yeah, at one point he, he just slaps her on the butt and I'm not even sure why he does it, it I, but I was, I was kind of confused. I was like, why? <laughs> I was like, here's this 75 year old father, which by the way, why is he 75? <laughs> well, also as soon as I saw him, I was like, 
is that James Cromwell? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This is a perfect character for James Cromwell. Anyway, I was trying to think. There was something else that I found. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Her, okay, so just to explain to the listening audience, um, all 10 of you, (laughs) this, they they decide, there's this thing called the, what's the race called? It's national something. The national championship or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. National championship uh, refers only to equestrian (laughs) horse racing. It's basically like a steeplechase kind of thing. Yeah. And they... I don't know. I, maybe I just sort of like let my mind wander or something, but Mickey Rooney wanders into a stable. They've kind of gone off to try to get into this race. He wanders into a stable, pulls back a blanket and there's Elizabeth Taylor wearing a jockey costume. And I'm, I was like, what, 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 why, why is she wearing was it, Were they, were they in the stable or I guess they were. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know where they were, but like, Okay, it seemed like clearly there was somebody else who was supposed to be the jockey. Well, they went to, okay, so they went to meet a jockey from Latvia and in a restaurant, and they even gave him some money, but he was kind of aloof and and not into it, didn't even want to meet the the pie that night. Oh yeah. And, and so Elizabeth <laughs> they, Taylor was like, like, do you want to, do you want to meet the pie? And he's like, "What?" <laughs> I said, do you want to meet the pie? All right. You're crazy. You're crazy. I may be Latvian, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a part of this. <laughs> yeah. So as soon as she saw that he didn't want to meet the pie, she was like, he's not riding the pie. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> and and uh, Mickey Rooney was like, "You're right. He's not riding the pie." So, <laughs> so then they Mickey Rooney was out all night looking for another jockey, somebody who would be excited about riding the pie. <laughs> <laughs> I need another jockey. What? Someone who will ride the pie? <laughs> arrest! Arrest! Arrest this little person! <laughs> Um, so anyways, he goes out to some paddock to like, you know, show her, you know, like, this is what you're missing out or show the pie. This is what you're missing out on. And he decides, so he, he had been in a race where he had gotten thrown and, uh, and another jockey got killed. And so he hadn't really gotten up on a horse since then, but right. he decides in this moment he's going to, and he decides after he makes a jump with the pie that he's going to ride the pie and he goes excitedly back to, to velvet and, and is like, Hey, I got a jockey for you. And she's like, he rolls back the, the um, blanket and she's already dressed up in the jockey uniform. Right. Decided to That's be the right. Jockey. That's right. Yeah. Okay. And, and I do think she was sleeping in the stall, but it was the stall that they, so for some reason on their journey from their little village to this massive horse racing track, I think it's actually outside of Liverpool. I think it's a real one. They had to make the entire journey in the horse stall instead of in the, in the truck that was carrying the stall. So, well, naturally. So they, made, so they made the entire journey uh, with the pie. 
And, but, and I guess way, they were sleeping what, with the pie as well. <laughs> this is what this is what everyone has heard the last uh, five minutes. Blah 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 blah. The pie. Blah 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 blah. The pie. <laughs> blah blah blah. Jockey. The pie. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> but but yeah. So she she talks Kiruni into allowing her, which I guess is illegal. It's against the rules to have. A girl. Well, if it's the twenties, yeah. If it's the twenties, women aren't even voting yeah. yet, are they? Or they? I, well, maybe they they had just gotten the right to vote in America, at least. Yeah. So yeah, they but, hadn't gotten uh, around to horse racing yet. <laughs> so she uh, she asked Mickey Rooney to chop her hair off, and uh, <laughs> so she she basically is acting like a young boy or whatever, so that she can jockey the pie. So she she enters the race and she she wins the race and it was an interesting story because you know you kind of expect for her to win and it all be hunky dory and everything is great but at the end of the race she falls off the horse after she's already won she kind of faints and falls off and supposedly in the rule book you have to make your way back to you know whatever uh, area in order to to qualify for the win. Seems like a strange bylaw in the in the yeah. race rules, but whatever. So she falls off. They, she's taken to this this doctor. <laughs> the nurse in the doctor's eyes when they realized she was a girl was hilarious. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> that was uh, some of the subtle comedy in this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was because they think she's a boy, so they start unbuttoning her shirt, and the nurse automatically just gets huge bug eyes, (laughs) and the doctor has to put his glasses on to see what (laughs) she's. Yeah, it's classic '40s comedy. You know, this is—it's kind of like it's in that vein of if you're looking, if you have someone who's kind of like looking for someone else in a building or something and they open a door and you hear a woman scream, <laughs> like, like it's that kind of stuff. It's this where it's like, yeah. you know, Oh, Hey, it's not a, <laughs> but they, she loses the race because, because she fell off the horse and then they find out that she's a girl. And so all that stuff, she like becomes that. an international sensation because of it. She does. Or, but, and this is another thing that this movie has that I'm 100% in on it is plot advancement by way of spinning newspaper headline. That's uh, right. Yeah. Like I love seeing the printing press in the background and we see the headlines <laughs> just telling us what's happened. I love it. Yeah. It is good stuff. I, I would love, I would love for them to make um, like a modern day movie, but just do it like, you know, don't no winking at the camera. Like, about it, but you just make it with the sets and the same sort of technicolor sure. cameras yeah. and everything. And yeah, just have that. Like if there's going to be a part where, you know, we need to advance the plot by newspapers spinning towards the camera and it reveals a headline, like just do that. Like make a movie about, I don't know what it would be about, but yeah, make, make it just make a, an action movie or something that looks like national velvet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I kept thinking like like the the biggest uh, visual effects that this movie has are the matte paintings for the countryside around the town, mm-hmm. a, a little bit of of rear projection, like so that she wouldn't actually get trampled by a horse when she first meets the pie. 
it kind of rears back and you can tell that that's they're kind of like on a on a set with a rear projection mm-hmm. kind of thing and then the mechanical horse when they shoot for the close-ups during the race there's a mechanical horse that she's on well and yeah and don't forget when they're like on a train or there's something where like mickey rooney's like looking out a a window and she's like riding alongside of it <laughs> and like clearly he's looking at a screen or something i must have i must have missed that part but uh but yeah very very minimal visual effects being used but i will say this the mechanical horse that they used for the close-ups during the race were so much better we'll get to secretariat at some point have you ever seen that movie the no. mechanical horse they use for that movie is terrible. It is so <laughs> plainly obvious that it's it's a fake horse. It's it's absolutely horrible. But they, I thought that this one you actually had to kind of pay attention uh, before you could tell that it was it was not a real horse that she was riding. What about the uh, the final race? I mean, it was you know that we waited an hour and a half to get to the sports part of this movie. What did you well, think? Of okay. That? Well, yeah, there's a lot of pining after horses and, you know, 1940s acting from uh, Mickey Rooney. And, uh, yeah, by the time we get to this race, you're, you're ready for some action. And if, if uh, jockeys falling off horses uh, after not clearing <laughs> shrubbery is your thing, then you will love this race because it happens a lot. <laughs> At some point, I was like, are these people going to die? I mean, like, are they no. paralyzed? I know. I, I googled. Are they going um, to have to shoot some of these horses after? <laughs> well, I googled National Velvet PETA just to see if they had, like, weighed in on this movie. <laughs> and, they, they, I, you know, I did three minutes of research. So I don't know. I don't know if PETA existed back then. But, uh, only thing I could find was they actually praised Mickey Rooney um, because he was such an animal lover. They must not have seen National Velvet because uh, yeah, a lot of horses falling over in this movie. They watched National Velvet, but they turned it off like yeah. An hour and they're and like, they're like nothing else to see here. Good. Yeah, they love this horse. Anyway, it's twenty minutes left. Let's turn it off. <laughs> Yeah, it was a lot of tumbling, a lot of horses seemingly breaking their necks. Also, and yeah, and if there's jockeys. a if there's a yeah, if there's a PETA for jockeys, they aren't going to be happy either because these guys are <laughs> flying off these horses. <laughs> they are, man. I mean, and then you have to watch out. There was like one jockey got that got thrown off, and there was another uh horse jumping after him, and he was like doing a little dance to get out of the way of the other yeah. horse. That was crazy. I thought it was a good good race, though. I thought it was good uh, cinematography, and you know, after after an hour and a half of of fairly slow but still entertaining movement, uh, that that race was was pretty pretty exciting and entertaining, and I thought it was uh, I thought it was well done. Yeah, no, it was. Yeah, I mean, it's like I said, we're conditioned for something completely different in. 2021 every year when we go see it's a wonderful life at the bell court. I love that movie, but I'm also mm-hmm. cognizant of the fact of, well, you know, it takes an hour and a half of that movie to even get to the part where he's like discovering how the world's different if he had never been born. 
So yeah, there was this, nobody had an iPhone back then, so they could make movies slower paced, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The only other thing I'll say about, about the, the movie, the horse was a horse named King Charles. And, uh, it was, this is what I read and I questioned it as I was writing it. It was a grandson of the great racehorse man of war, but is it, is it a grandson or how would you, if you're a grand, if you're a horse, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it seemed weird no. to say that a horse was a grandson of a, but yeah. at one point I, uh, like, did it look to you like the horse was wearing Uggs at one point? <laughs> well, it looked like I, it was wearing those Jane Fonda leg warmers that they wear. Okay, sometimes. well, all right, everybody, everybody listening to this, go watch National Velvet and uh, tweet us whether you think the horse is wearing Uggs or Jane Fonda leggings. <laughs> this is an issue um, that's dividing our country, and we got to get to the bottom of it. Yes, immediately. Yeah, so I thought it was I thought it was a fun movie. I thought it was enjoyable. Um, it was, you know, it's not it's not the natural. It's not major league. It's not Bull Durham. But you know, it's a movie. It's a movie I should have seen before now, and I'm glad I've seen it now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we will get to the director again. He made another sports movie that we'll we'll get to. So. Go UT. Uh, yeah. So one thing I will say also, I did look, I went back to the Rotten Tomatoes top 150 poll or not poll, but list for best sports movies. And just to, they, it's been tweaked a little bit, which some of these movies that are in there uh, are documentaries that we won't get to. Some of them are movies that are barely sports movies, but, but I will just run down the, the current list. Oh, also, the new Ben Affleck flick, The Way Back, was listed twice at number 56 and number 55. So it must be really good. But uh, <laughs> I think that I think that, that was just a mistake. But yeah. ones we have seen coming in at number 141, Race. Number 136, Fever Pitch. Number 117, Cool Runnings. Number 64, the Karate Kid, <laughs> a little low for my for my taste, but number seventeen, Rocky, seventeen, <laughs> yeah, right. it dropped a couple of spots. Whoa, uh, <laughs> number twelve, Hoop Dreams, number eight, National Velvet, and so far uh, topping our list is number seven, Moneyball. So nice. Wait, wait where was Hoop Dreams? Hoop Dreams was number 12. Okay. I can tell you this. Um, I don't know that National Velvet's better than Hoop Dreams, but... Whatever. About a year ago, we watched Fever Pitch. We have not released it yet. It was October 25th. And at that time, Karate Kid was 59. Right now it's 64. And Rocky was 15, and now it's 17. What so, yeah, what affects what affects movies going up and down the list? Well, I can read you what they they uh how they come up with their oh and Moneyball jumped up from number thirteen to seven. Hold and on. also I mean Moneyball's good, but I mean is it top ten? Uh, I don't know about that. I also have um, some bad news 
I I was looking at the IMDb top movies just to see if National Velvet was up there for sports movies. This this list is completely irresponsible because they have Space Jam: A New Legacy at number one and Space Jam number twenty four. So I stopped trying to find National Velvet on that one. Okay, so this is this is how Rotten Tomatoes and this is their list. This is not like some random yokel making a list on Rotten Tomatoes. This is their list. It is <clears throat> sorted by adjusted to- tomato meter from at least 20 reviews each. And the adjusted tomato meter is our special formula, which takes into account, among other factors, the movie's year of release and its number of re- reviews. There are no TV movies, which, amazingly, Brian's song is apparently a TV movie. I did not know that that was the case. Oh, and nothing, I didn't know that either. Nothing, yeah, and nothing rated rotten. So anything that's rated rotten does not get included. Oh, so I'll just tell you, yeah, number 150 is Blue Crush, okay? <laughs> so that's the <laughs> list that we're dealing with, okay? <laughs> 150? But, but it's the most accurate, like, official list I can find of somebody's, and, and, you know, not just some Amazon reviewer list of top 150 movie or top 100 or whatever. This is like the most accurate official list I can find anywhere of, of top sports movies. So, so yeah, we'll get the blue crush eventually. Um, we'll see if it remains in the top 150 by the time we get there. <laughs> well, yes, we shall see. All right. So here's the deal. We did a special bonus episode for our friend Paul, who supported us through Patreon at the top level at the natural. And so uh, during that recording, we made another executive decision. We have waffled back and forth between finding things in the movie to count as our rating system and going to straight balls. We are going back to the rating system of items in the movie. And I couldn't think of anything better than the one prop that played a pretty prominent role. I couldn't really understand why it was such a prominent role, except for maybe just to emphasize that Elizabeth Taylor was a 12 year old who needed this and did not want it. And that, 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 uh, you know, she, this is just emphasizing that she's 12 years old, but it is her retainer. (laughs) <laughs> and it is popped in and out a thousand times. And that is disgusting. <laughs> All right. All right. So uh, out of five retainers, out of five Liz Taylor retainers? Yeah, we can go. We can go. Like I think that Space Jam has created a precedent that we can go all the way to whatever negative number you want to five. Probably Caddyshack <laughs> 2 did that, actually. But, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I am going to give this, I'm going to give this three and a half Liz Taylor retainers. Even, you know, uh, I may even nudge it up a little bit. Like, let's just say there's a little popcorn kernel or something stuck in it just to give it a little, a little (laughs) extra nudge. (laughs) Yeah. So I like, it was a good, it was a good movie. It was, you know, like my, uh, my senses are not necessarily tuned to 1944 movie pacing and 
And, you know, it's also, you know, we live in a post-ironic world and this definitely exists before it, uh, before that ever came about, you know, where it, we, we live in a world that David Letterman has made his mark in and we can't go back. <laughs> um, yeah, and there's some, yeah. there's some really funny and great things about that. There's also some innocence lost in that. And so when I see a movie like this, I'm reminded of that innocence where it's like, Oh, you know, I, people, didn't make fun of things the way they, they do now. And I, I enjoy that. Enjoyed seeing Angela Lansbury as a young actress. I had pretty much only known, um, murder. She wrote Angela Lansbury. Well, I guess the Disney movie she made in the sixties, but you know, this is 20 years before that. Mm -hmm. Enjoyed seeing her, you know, it's kind of, like I said, Elizabeth Taylor became a punchline later. I think we forget that she was, one of the most popular actresses in the world for a good 15 year period, uh, yeah, maybe yeah. 20 years. And, you know, she was in a lot of great movies. I know that she was nominated for Oscar. So it's just kind of like interesting and fun to see the beginning of that. And then, you know, Hey, Mickey Rooney doing his thing. I'm, I'm there for it. Yeah. Three, 3.5 3. plus is what I'll give it. 3.5 and a kernel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go four and a half. Last couple of years, I have. I still watch current movies, but I have really watched a whole lot of uh, more classic movies from the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and and so I've seen uh, several Elizabeth Taylor movies, but always as an adult. Some of them, you know, where she's playing sultry bombshells like. Cleopatra or Cat on a Hot Tin, Hot Tin Roof, but then others where it's like Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, where she's kind of starting to age, and you know it's it's a lot more dramatic movie, uh, but uh, but still kind of just a powerhouse performance. So it's really kind of cool to see her at twelve. Uh, yeah, like you said, kind of the. I will say this too: the mom and dads repartee was was great i i thought that they had a great chemistry uh it was funny because the dad was always kind of put in his place by the mom she was kind of this wise old sage who who was very even keeled the whole time but always had this kind of you know perfect comeback for for the the dad's crazy ideas or or when he was upset uh so that was fun but yeah, Mickey Rooney to me is is kind of um I mean Elizabeth Taylor is a star of the show, especially considering she's twelve. But Mickey Rooney is a force, a five foot two power pack force. And and I love watching Mickey Rooney. I've seen a couple of other of his movies and he's just fantastic to watch. And it's funny because I remember him as being kind of a punchline in the eighties. Uh, for whatever reason. I don't really know why he became such a punchline, but but he's he's incredible and and yeah the the story is hokey by today's standards but you know kind of par for the course for 1944 and but it was it it had you know all the beats even if you had to wait an hour and a half to get some of them the only thing that really lacked was a romantic interest but i'm glad that 24 year old mickey rooney didn't hit on 12 year old elizabeth taylor but yeah so I'll give it four and a half. I really enjoyed it and I was glad I saw it. And um, 
again, it's not what I thought this podcast would be reviewing, but when it's ranked so high in, in different lists and, and of course, you know, just because it's 80 years old doesn't mean it's not a sports movie. So don't expect it to break any records uh, in the download uh, section of, <laughs> of the podcast, uh, even four hours, but, but it was fun and it was good. So, so I was glad I watched it. So four and a half retainers for me. Nice. So, which leads us to the last bit before we, before we go, going back to the sports movie, wheel of death, sports movie, wheel of death. never seen before and it on and me it is north dallas 40 <laughs> yeah uh i think we yeah we needed we were due for a football movie yeah we haven't had one in a while i'm i don't even mcnulty <laughs> young mcnulty is in this so that'll be fun so yeah that's the next one on the on the list we'll we'll be doing that in a couple of weeks again you can always support us on patreon.com uh, uh, if you'd like to, you can visit us at on Twitter at Slow Pitch Cast and on Instagram at Slow Pitch Podcast. And that's it for today. All right, before we go, before we go, I'm uh, I'm looking at the movie poster for North Dallas 40 just to you know get hyped uh, towards this. It's Nick Nolte, and I'm not sure who this other guy is just yet. Maybe it's Mac Davis. Uh, they're Nick Nolte is sitting in a giant cowboy boot pouring champagne <laughs> on his own head. So looking forward to this. <laughs> Hijinks will abound, yeah. I'm sure. So all right, thanks guys. We'll talk to you next time. Peace. Buy me some peanuts and crackers, Jack. I don't care if I never get back. Let me root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. For it's one, two, three strikes, you're out at the old ball.